in the know for Thursday, March 10, the 69th day of 2022. There are 296 days left in the year. Good morning, MB. Guiding you through in the know at K105 on Litchfield's Country Station, 1039 The Moose. Live online at K105.com via the Apple and Android smartphone app using the SoundCloud or iTunes podcast on Facebook, on YouTube, on Twitter, and the hashtag is in the know. Coming up today, we'll update you on the latest news headlines from around the community, the county, the Commonwealth, and the country. Get ready for uh, more sports. Madness is here. And Jenny Cummings from the Grayson County Health Department stops by. That and a whole lot more coming up today here on In the Know. Settling in to my left, rolling Mach 9 with her hair on fire. It's my beautiful wife. The beautiful girl. It's me. Good morning, sweetheart. Good morning. How you doing? I'm <laughs> good. Hey. But I will tell you, it's been a really interesting morning. Has for been me. an interesting morning, <laughs> um, at least the portions that I know about. So, one question for you: Do you know if high fuel prices impact the tooth fairy in any way? Does well, it? I hope not, yeah. but maybe. I mean, hey, it's everybody's impacted by higher gasoline prices. I don't know if the tooth fairy is involved or not, but um, we, we've we've lost a tooth at our home um, <laughs> this morning. Alea now is missing three teeth. Uh, she woke up. Uh, she came running out down the hallway and jumped up on, into my arms this morning. And as I was holding her, she said, I have a loose tooth. And so she went to the vanity area and if you're watching she's standing on the vanity working on her <laughs> working on her tooth and then uh, a few minutes later with a little help from mama she has a brand new smile so she's missing the two uh, upper teeth yeah so she is isn't she gorgeous at least her, her smile is symmetrical <laughs> again she's missing she's missing the two on the outside so anyway so precious. been a been a big morning he is the five-time winner of the coveted Ohio Newshawk Award. He's the two-time Silver Sound nominee, covering every corner of the globe. London, Budapest, Tokyo, and Rio de Janeiro. Sam Gormley and the Sparks. Morning, Sam. Morning, Ralph. How you doing? Good. How are you? I was trying to squeeze as many syllables, uh-huh. uh, alliterative syllables uh-huh. like Tokyo and Rio de Janeiro. Those are all places you'd surely like to cover sports, wouldn't you? Uh, sure. <laughs> Especially I, London. Yeah, maybe, well, London would Maybe be. not Budapest. L- wait, L- London, England, or Kentucky? <laughs> Either one. Uh, <laughs> I mean, sure. What can go to the laurels? I know you'd like to be in Lexington today. Yeah, because, absolutely. Because uh, you're Cooper, your alma mater playing today. Yeah, playing in their first ever Sweet 16 for the Lady Jags. I was their PA voice for three years in high school. Huh. So are you responsible for their success, or are they responsible for yours? Yes. Okay. All right. Yeah, I mean, hey, I, it, I, it, I take, I mean, their head coach was my gym teacher one summer. Okay. So wait a minute. I taught him. I took gym summer. teacher one summer. I took summer PE. Did you yeah. fail gym and you had to take it at summer <laughs> no, we school? Took, we took it. It was like a three week option to take it over the summer. And okay. I during that three week so stretch, I taught him. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, because it was one of those things that I couldn't because I was in because I was in band. I couldn't the way that the scheduling worked. I, I couldn't really do both and everything. And so during that three week stretch, I taught him everything he knows about the game of basketball. But that is an interesting story, though, because I could really like to say Sam Gormley, the man who had to take gym at summer school, mm-hmm. is you know you just leave people to make their own decisions, and that's uh... yeah, it was actually the best way to take gym because it was I think from eight to noon. 
every day or eight to eleven or something. It, yeah. it worked really well. And then you got a juice box when it was over. So that, yeah, well, no, we, we got to take snack time halfway through. That's good. <laughs> uh, quiet today, but but good luck to your Cooper Lady Jags. Uh, yeah. Lady Jags beat the uh, Pikeville Panthers. They're in today's second game. Correct. So another four days. And by the way, those of you who are tuned in on the Moose, you'll be going live to the Sweet and Sixteen Bowling at uh, nine forty-five. Plays at the is the first game. Today. They do. The Lady Purples are in the first game. Yes. And by the way, who advanced yesterday? Did Mead County win? They did. They came back and All they right. won. Uh, I know. Did McCracken County win? They did not. Oh, okay. Southwestern beat them. And then in the night game, it was Franklin County beating Henderson County. And then there was one more game that I was listening. played yesterday. Beat, they beat McCracken. Okay. All and right. now there's one more game that is completely escaping me because I listened right. to part of it. We'll find out. Uh, we'll find out and pass it along. Quiet today weather-wise before... A wintry blast tomorrow night. The majority of the day tomorrow is going to be a nice day. But then by the time it gets to evening, the temperature is going to plummet. And we're going to um, get, I, I think, probably some wet slushy snow is what we'll see. But then it'll get cold overnight down to 21. And it'll stay cold on Saturday. Uh, we'll probably get some sunshine on Saturday, which will help with some of that. But it's going to warm up quickly on Sunday. And everything we get is going to... Uh, going to disappear, but they've actually issued a winter storm watch for Marion, Taylor, and Washington County, so off to our uh, east and northeast just a little bit. Uh, it's almost, in ways, Campbellsville is almost kind of southeast from here where we are, but off in that direction, and I think more towards central Kentucky is more likely where the winter storm is likely to be impacted. So when you heard Brian Good say a few minutes ago they are likely to add more counties, those counties are more likely to be Anderson and Fayette and Franklin and those counties more so than Ohio, Butler, Grayson, uh, Breckenridge. They, they kind of said the, the 65 line right now is like the, the breaking spot. Mm-hmm. And if you're looking at the map, the further you get over toward Campbellsville, Lexington, that area, it's uh, deeper. They can have it. Deeper shades of blue. That's right. I agree. But for whatever it's worth, the temperatures look good next week. Uh, we'll get into uh, daylight saving time. You get more daylight next week. You get St. Patrick's Day. You get March Madness starting in that's, earnest that's with the, the NCAA tournament. Thing. So weather-wise, things are looking uh, things are looking pretty good for next week. Partly cloudy today, a high of 60, mostly cloudy, 36 tonight, and a mixed bag tomorrow. I don't even know how to describe tomorrow and tomorrow night. It's just uh, all the weathers. All the weathers are available tomorrow and tomorrow night, but we'll start with a high of 59 tomorrow afternoon. Obviously, Americans continuing to uh, feel pain at the pump, but also keeping an eye on uh, Ukraine and what's happening. The kind of the headlines, the, the children represent more than half of the more than 2 million people who have fled Ukraine as refugees. To see some of the images of mothers who have had to scoop up their children and flee being crammed on trains they're leaving without their possessions. So that means when they get to Poland and other areas, you're seeing lots of mamas with babies on hips because they weren't able to bring carriers and strollers and those luxuries that we rely upon. I'm also reading headlines today about the West already looking into war crimes committed in Ukraine by Russians and going ahead and trying to expedite that process. That might be one of the ways that well, I don't know. We Did you see the difference. picture? I think it was in Poland where mothers in Poland had laid out their old strollers. I had seen some of that where they and were they it, were donating them they to were people donating who were coming so where in. They, when people came in, they had something to put their child in since they didn't obviously get the chance to take one. Absolutely. And then um, just seeing just really tormenting images like 
this maternity hospital being struck by uh, an airstrike, about 17 people hurt in that. And so it's just savage. It's just, it's savage behavior. And they're lying to, they're lying to the Russian people that they're not doing that, that they're, they say they're not targeting civilians and the rest of the world knows that they are. So uh, closer to home, but connected to Ukraine, the first lady, uh, Dr. Jill Biden was in uh, Fort Campbell yesterday where she spoke to uh, some soldiers and their families who are being deployed to the region. She said that uh, she's a military mom and claimed that um, she and the president are both proud members of the 101st Airborne and uh, children who served, obviously, in that. And so they spoke to the 101st Airborne. There's a, a three flights of C-17s are being deployed to Europe, uh, the 101st Airborne. So Godspeed and thank you for your service to those members and the fam- and their families, too, because they're sacrificing as well. Owensboro Health Twin Lakes Medical Center has selected a new nursing chief and head of patient care services. Kathy Stewart has been named the chief nursing officer and vice president for patient care services at Owensboro Health Twin Lakes. She will lead all nursing aspects in her new role and champion quality, safety, and operational initiatives to meet the community's health care needs. Welcome to her, and uh, congratulations there. Yesterday in Frankfurt, we're in the final days. Well, we're not into the final half of the month, but the legislative session pretty much lasts until the end of March. They'll maybe save a few days to, to tidy up some business, but they're getting, uh, by next week, they'll be in the short rows, if you will, of the of the session. But one of the one of the things they did yesterday um, brought out a who's who of the sports landscape in Frankfurt as the governor signed the new NIL be, uh, deal, the NIL bill that uh, sets up the structure. It further defines officially what college athletes can profit from on their name, image, and likeness. So obviously it brought a lot of legislators, but uh, Kyra Elzey, John Calipari, Mark Stoops, Ryan Howard, Jeff Walls, uh, Jeff Walls from the U of L Women's Horn Program was there. Was Darren Horn there? Uh, and I did hear, I saw something that there was a representative from Bellarmine. I don't think it was Scott Davenport, but uh, apparently the Bashir, the governor, looked at him and said, "I'm going to sign an executive order to make sure you make it into the into the tournament because they can't make it and all of that." Oh, by the way, in that picture, I see Scott um, Scott's tots. Uh, Scott Satterfield? Yeah, Scott Satterfield is there on the, oh, he is on the left. I hadn't noticed him, but he's in that photograph as well. You, you, you know where you are in, in the feeling that you're way <laughs> off to the left. Yeah. But I don't even know where Stoops is in this picture. He's, I don't see him there. But here's the thing I make of this picture, and I saw some B-roll of people that were there yesterday. He might be behind Cal. Was that the um, rarely will you see a cause in Frankfurt that brings out a lot a big representation of both sides of the political spectrum. I mean, you've got you've got leadership of different areas in that room, maybe not so much in this particular photo because at the actual signing people are crowding up there behind him. And I'm not sure but I realize a, Ryan Howard is as tall as she actually is. She's I well, mean, she's not like but so there's the lieutenant governor standing behind who the governor is who a was former basketball is coach. a former college athlete uh-huh. and there's Ryan Howard standing next to and her. And I did so. find Mark Stoops. She's standing by, he's standing behind Ryan Howard, behind the guy in the tie. You can kind of see part oh, of his yeah, face. Oh, yeah, that's right. You got it. You yeah. can see some cheeks It's there. like, a, the cheek on it's like playing Where's Waldo. That's right. A Kentucky House panel advanced legislation yesterday that would bar transgender girls from participating in high school sports that match their gender identity from sixth grade. To college, the Republican-backed bill cleared the state Senate last month. 
It was amended yesterday to extend the ban on to college. Under the proposal, the gender of a student for the purpose of determining athletic eligibility would be determined by the student's certified birth certificate as originally issued at the time of birth or adoption. So they had some testimony on this last month when it was um, when it was in the Senate, and it was some compelling testimony. And then they didn't allow that same testimony yesterday, saying that it was happening after hours, and it seemed like opportunism to not have to hear that. It was from a transgender athlete who you know claims to to be harmed by this. I understand, and I want to have empathy. I I don't understand this issue. It doesn't make sense to me. Um, I, I just, I have more, I just have much more of a traditional view, uh, on, on how the roles are defined of gender. All right. So, but I understand people feel some level of conflict or they, uh, this is the season we are in the world. I, I get it. I disagree, but I get it. What's most at stake here is women's sports because the, Women's sports are going to be probably permanently damaged if this becomes we're seeing some of it now and we just see it increase that you take you take individuals who were born biologically as males and decide they want to be females and then they want to compete against biologically created females and they have a competitive advantage over them. And so basically in the in the end, in a simplistic view, you've got girls playing sports against boys, which is what we tried to what we tried to guard against and protect and set up women's division in sports via Title IX. And so it just causes so much murk and confusion in that. And I don't know what the long-term answer is, but legislatures around the country are trying to solve the riddle. And I don't think anybody – it's its one of those things. You're, you're somewhere on the issue, and wherever you are is likely where you're going to stay. You're probably not going to change a lot of minds. But someone is responsible for trying to sort it all out, and I'm glad that's not me. Future constables would have to receive professional law enforcement training – before wielding police powers under a bill passed by the Kentucky House. The role of constables, and even whether the job should exist, has been debated by lawmakers for years. The compromise bill that cleared the House would not apply to current constables. It would require people assuming the role starting in 2023 to receive certification like other law enforcement officers before exercising such police powers as making traffic stops and arrests. I think... Um, yes, either, either if you're going to award some of the same powers, then you need to require some of the same certifications or you need to eliminate them. Constables, when created by Kentucky's constitution, served kind of a different role where we were in our, in, in the, uh, the changes throughout history. And so to the point that over the last decade, there's been a lot of sentiment of, this is really unnecessary. You know, constables just really aren't required. But dotted across the landscape of Kentucky, you have some really good ones. But guess what? You have some bad ones, too, who don't have the training, don't have the expertise, and frankly, don't have the wisdom to be playing law enforcement officer, and they get out there into situations that they have no business being involved in, and it can become dangerous. So, Require more certification and training if you're not going to do away with the offices. So, and I also think that it's fair. You you would hope that current constables 
would choose to go this route, like would take the initiative themselves to get the same certification and training. But you also can't do the bait and switch that says you came to an office and won an office, and now we're completely, you know, we're, we're turning the table upside down saying that you've got to go do this or go do that. So for now, I am fine with the compromised version of how to uh, approach this. Senate Republicans pushed forward their version of Kentucky's next two-year spending plan yesterday, endorsing pay raises for state employees and directing money for improvements at state parks and the state fairgrounds. The proposal emerged after weeks of behind-the-scenes work. As the legislature moves into the final weeks of the session, the Senate passed its version 30 to 6 hours after the measure cleared a committee. The focus will now shift to the House Senate Conference Committee hashing out a final spending plan. I am for the state of Kentucky maintaining its competitive edge on hiring and retaining quality individuals. We've seen examples like the state police where I think it was, did we say the state police ranked 92nd or something in the one hundreds range of pay scale for law enforcement officers. So it's the same thing, whether it's the attorney general's office, whether it's the secretary of state's office, the LRC, whatever it is. Now I'm not for overpaying people and I'm not for them being these cushy government jobs that they don't do anything, but I am for investing dollars and getting the most out of them educators to keep Kentucky on the, it makes me wonder if that's included. No, I doubt that's a completely you know separate thing. But I know the governor says that he's from what still I was reading yesterday that that's, that was not in the budget. Okay, uh, they're still going the increasing seek. Like their their ideology is to invest more money in seek and less money maybe in the teaching profession itself, or at least that's been my assessment um, of what they've been signaling or seeming to do. So a situation in northern Kentucky is um, made me curious this morning. There's a there's an area of uh, Sam's old stomping grounds that uh, where 71 and 75 uh, run through the Covington area. They are installing something called a Texas turnaround. I I read about this very. This is like right on the river. It is right on the river. Okay. So this is right as you go to the Brent Spence Bridge. Okay. So. So we we are having more roundabouts mm-hmm. in our communities now. I feel like the Texas turnaround sounds like a dance. It, or a... It, it does. And then in Elizabethtown on Ring Road, you now have a thing rather than being able to cross something directly, you have to turn and do a U-turn to go on one of those less traveled okay. streets. Yeah, 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 yeah. I've seen so it's, okay. a, it's a traffic management system, which is well, curious. But now i got to know, what's a Texas turnaround? In Lexington... Have you been in the area of Lexington too, where they have it where it like crosses roads? Yes, yes, I have. Uh-huh. Right, and that right. I remember the yeah. first time I saw that, I was like, "Whoa, what is right. happening here?" <laughs> they have one of those um, on I forty out by Sevierville, where you're trying to oh, all that Smoky okay. Mountain traffic. But we need to look up in the break what a Texas turnaround is. Do do you do you are you required to wear a cowboy hat when you do one? Uh, I can't imagine in Covington that you would. Are you having to sing Eyes of Texas or something like that when you do it? Uh, Go for Jen, Derby winner 1994, has died at age 31. Congratulations to Grayson County's River Blanton, named to the third region all-tournament team. And 
the U of L men's basketball season has come to an end. They advanced. Uh, they advanced in one game, but lost to Virginia in the ACC tournament yesterday. What fifty-one fifty? So now U of L can figure out what their future looks like from here. All right. So we got to get to a break. We'll come back. Jenny Cummings from the Grayson County Health Department is uh, here. We're going to talk about the Health Academy. What is it? We're going to find out. Coming up here on In the Know. Today is International Bagpipes Day. Oh. I could really have fun with have, that. Have you worked on the bells at all? Every time I see them, I'm still lobbying to be first chair of the bagpipe section. Uh, today is also Pack Your Lunch Day today. Sorry, I didn't tell you that earlier. It might be too late. It is Popcorn Lovers Day today. And in the March of Kindness Day today, it is Give Someone a Compliment Day. So find a way to give someone a compliment today. And you'll be marching right along in the March of Kindness. Over there, we say good morning and welcome to uh, Jenny Cummings from the Grayson County Health Department. Here's the compliment I'm going to Good morning and welcome back. It's good to see you. Good to always. see you. Here's the compliment I'm going to pay you. You come from very good stock. <laughs> Now, now, did I just pay you a compliment, or did I? Was it a self-serving uh, compliment? I think it might have been just a little self-serving. Okay, but yeah, well, we come from kind of the same stock. Yeah, so. we, we we do uh, up the tree there. We're uh, we're from the same trunk. So, hey, good to see you, and I'm so glad that you're here. I asked you during the break if at the health department you're starting to feel a sense of normalcy, and I would think the health department is one of those areas that might be the last to start to feel normal because. Every everything you touch is COVID related, but are you feeling normal? Yes, it's feeling a lot more normal. And Good. although COVID is still here, and there's you know still some elements of that that we have to deal with, for the most part, um, we are getting kind of dusting ourselves off and being able to kind of focus on what our job was before all this. Because <laughs> yeah. before COVID, we did have other responsibilities besides COVID, and so now we're kind of getting into like what what did I do before two years ago. And trying to get back on track and focus on the mm-hmm. programs and the things that are important to our community. When we talked to Josh a few weeks ago and had the reports of the uh, survey, you know, every couple of years you you kind of dive in, study what the needs are, do some uh, some metrics testing on how you're doing, how your services are performing, what people need more of, and I could just almost tell from his tone that there was an excitement to kind of get back to business, that some of these things we had to press pause on out of necessity, there was almost maybe not quite euphoria, but a real enthusiasm to say, okay, let's get back to service. Yes, yes, and that's where we're at now, so that's really good. So what is this, and I want to make sure I get it correct, but it's uh, it's the Academy. Yes. It's the Grayson County Health Academy. It sounds very uh, official, it and does. it sounds very... Fancy? Is this a new moniker? Is this or just something I've not been aware of until well, now? Well, this was a way, as far as with our marketing, to be able to let people know. You know, when people think of the health department, they think of, you know, obviously our clinic. They think of family planning services, vaccines, um, STD treatment, and things like that. But there's a whole element of the health department that's ed- education-based. And so we wanted to kind of start promoting the fact that um, we offer a lot of just community education. Uh, 
whether that's programs that we offer for people who have different needs. Uh, we, you know, for example, we have a car seat program. Uh, so we provide car seats to income eligible families, but we also, when they come in to get their car seat, we do a whole, it's about 15 minutes of just car seat education, how to make sure their kids are safe, how to make sure they're buckled in right, their car seats are installed correctly. Um, and what a lot of people don't know in our community is, you know, we have that element of the car seat program, but we're also a car seat checkpoint. So anyone in our community can call and say like, hey, I just had a baby. I don't know if my car seat is um, in ride, I don't know if it's safe, and we'll check it for them for free. Uh, for someone who went through a season of life where we didn't have to have car seats, yeah, and then about four years ago we got back into a situation where we had to have a car seat in every car, yeah, it was even a challenge for me that said, "Well, these have really progressed. They have since the last time I had to do that." So you can't be too careful, and it's nice to know that there are assets and and resources right. that you can turn to to check those things out. And we know that ninety percent of car seats are installed incorrectly. Mm-hmm. Um, There's so many straps and hooks, and then cars are different and. Where do yeah. they go? But there are safety standards that auto, manu- auto manufacturers use. So it's a more complex issue than um, you might you might think on yeah. the surface looking from the outside in. And I know, um, I think uh, in the last couple of years, you all used the firehouse for some of those checks where you were having uh, some type of some type of fair where it was almost yes. like a drive through type. Yeah, service. anytime we have any community event, which have been a little bit far and few and far between the last couple of years. But anytime we do any kind of event, we always offer car seat checks. You know, I was um, I was looking over the the here's how I would describe it to the layperson is that all those various services that you've heard about from the health department over the the most recent years, like safe sleep and car seats and checkpoints, they've all been sort of organized as curriculum yes. inside this academy. Is yes. that a fair assessment? Yes, it is. And so um, you you will you'll have is it all part of a um, all part of a process like building blocks where you start with A and go to to Z where once you complete this course then the next one you're ready for is this yes our goal is to eventually be able to have like modules and tests and things like that that people can take online to learn. Uh, about the topics to be proficient in like you know if a mom is getting ready to have a little one and she's like I'd like to learn more about safe sleep there will actually be some classes and some things like that but we um, also offer a cribs for kids program um, here in the county where um, we know SIDS is a big problem here you Mm -hmm. know we have uh, we know that there was a study done in 2018 where they took all the SIDS deaths that had happened across the state of Kentucky and in over 90% of those, there was an unsafe sleep factor. Oh, wow. So that doesn't mean that if a baby has SIDS or if that happens, that safe sleep mm-hmm. caused it per se. But it just does mean we have to kind of take a look at that and think, okay, that's a common denominator. So we really work hard to educate families on safe sleep. And the Cribs for Kids programs, one of the aspects of safe sleep is we want babies to sleep alone. We don't want them to co-sleep when they're little. Um, There's a lot of risk involved with that. And some families really struggle to have a safe sleep space. Maybe they don't have a crib or they don't have a pack and play. Or maybe they have a child care provider that doesn't have a safe sleep space when the child is there. And so we provide um, families can come in. Again, there's like a little class that they take where they learn about safe sleep. Uh, learn about how to provide that for their child, and then we give them a pack and play. Uh, what yeah. what a bonus! Yeah, I was thinking. So when I zero in 
on what the Health Academy is doing. It it is a it's a season of life, if you will. Sounds like yes. an area for a particular season. And I was thinking during the pandemic about the health department and about health services as they provided. We don't we kind of take for granted or we don't realize how much the health department and health services are truly a what I would call a cradle to grave type yes. of delivery for citizens because you might have uh, from a neonatal standpoint you might have your your mother might have received care or been involved with the health department and then when you're uh, a toddler or an infant and you're being protected or you're learning your parents are learning about SIDS and sleep prevention and that type of thing then we get into those seasons where a lot of young people their first touch with the health department might have been through the family planning that you're talking about or some of the services we've known over the years. Then when you start to have children, then you have services for them. And it just goes all the way through because I was thinking now you're on the forefront of giving COVID vaccines to seniors Mm -hmm. who are later in life. And so this all across the demographic spectrum, do you all serve the community? Yeah. And we also have, we're very active at our middle school. Uh, Part of the Health Academy is the fact that we offer um, sex education uh, at the 6th, 7th, and 8th grade level. We go to every every nine weeks, we will work with a group of 6th, 7th, and 8th graders. And so the goal is by the end of the year, we have been able to talk to every single one. And that kind of gives them kind of their first experience maybe with the health department is to have somebody from, I'm the one that, um, there's, I teach those classes, Jessica Kuiper, and we're actually bringing someone else on board now, too. But, yeah, that's another facet that we offer as far as just even at the school system. No one wants to teach that curriculum. No, I but, did not. But it when is I was some a little girl, of the most important yes. lessons you can learn. When I was a little girl, I never thought to myself, you know, when I grow up, I would like to teach sex ed at the middle school. Yes. Like, I never thought, but here I am, and it's okay. It's very important. You were just happy to have survived the yes. health class when you yes. were in middle school. Good. I never wanted to go back to middle school. <laughs> glad, glad that's behind us. <laughs> Uh, are there any things on the calendar already that are some onboarding opportunities as part of the academy that we can kind of pencil in and say, yeah. I want to get involved on these dates and when? How do we do that? Well, actually, April 9th, we're partnering with the Grayson County Public Library, and we are going to um, – they're having their egg hunt, which is a huge event for them. And we're partnering with them. We're bringing a book um, called The Good Egg. Um, it's a children's book. And it's really a book that helps parents to be able to have a really great discussion with kids about social and emotional development. So we're going to be giving that book away. We're going to be giving away Easter tote bags there. And there's going to be a discussion guide with the book that helps parents have um, just those conversation starters with their kids about their emotions. Okay. Um, And then on May the 26th, which is a Thursday, we're going to have our event that we had last year called The Road to Summer Safety. Uh, We're going to be partnering with a lot of people in the community to provide safety information to families. Um, You know, that'll be the week after school lets out. And so uh, talking about water safety, whether that be open water, uh, pool safety, um, safety as far as like electricity, heat exhaustion, car seat safety, like all aspects, uh, things going into summer. So we're going to have lots of giveaways, lots of freebies, and we're hoping we'll have a big turnout for that. It was last year. So I just, I I heard the use of the word partner Uh a lot in that. And that really makes me happy to hear. A few years ago, uh, State Senator Steve Meredith was sitting where you are, and we're having a conversation about the community pillars and about just assessment and how to help growth. And he often talked about that we here locally had had a history of working in silos. 
uh-huh. where we were doing our own thing, but we weren't really collaborating. And what I have loved to see fostered over the last few years is so much more collaboration where you say you're partnering with the library or you're partnering with even perhaps Fish and Wildlife about right. safety. And that. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's the way we help grow is by just bringing people together and offering good services. Yeah, And if somebody is already doing an event really well, why wouldn't we want to tag team with them and be a part of it? Yeah, so, yeah we love working with our community partners. Okay, so is there anything that I that I should have asked you that I haven't asked you that we must know before you go? Um, I don't think so. Okay, good. Now, two two very important questions on okay. your way out. One, when you have a when you have an academy of any kind, uh-huh. that makes me think of a school. Okay, so is there an intramural basketball team? There and is can not. Can Sam and I join? <laughs> And I just shoot three pointers. Will Don't there play will there be, say, for instance, a marching band as part of this academy? Oh, wouldn't that be great? Because I would, I would be all over that. Can I be first chair in your bagpipe section <laughs> in the marching band? Since the bells won't let me be in theirs, maybe. Yeah, right. sure. Hey, it's good to see you as always. Thanks for your service to the community. That's Jenny Cummings from the Grayson County Health Department talking about the Health Academy. Got to get to a break. We'll come back. Got more on the way here on In the Know. Did you know students who chew gum have better math test scores than those who don't? They would would always give us gum when we did state testing. Really? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And mints. I know she doesn't doesn't chew gum very often and doesn't like. Mm -mm. Most of the time people exhibit less than polite behavior when chewing gum. If you're chewing it and looking like a cow then probably you're not doing it correctly. But it is on the rare occasion when you'll have a piece of gum, and it really stands out to me when you do. So maybe you just came from taking a math test whenever you are (laughs) chewing gum. Is it socially acceptable to chew gum while taking a math test if it will boost scores? Is that okay with you? Yeah. It gets you a higher test score in the ECT. You can do whatever you want. (laughs) Because that's more money in your pocket (laughs) for college. Uh, Let's see. So, so many things. All right, two things. Um... So, so to connect the dots, because I probably threw people a curveball in the last segment. So Jenny, Jenny's grandmother and my grandfather, siblings. Okay. So that's because that's for those of you who don't, don't know. So my Aunt Louise was her granny. Okay. All right. And my granddad, Reno, was her uncle. So, so was her, to, to quote Spaceballs, her so what does that make us? Um, <laughs> so what does that make you? I'm not sure what that makes you. I was just saying, so that's why whenever I (laughs) told her she came from good stock, it was kind of a self-serving. And then I must know, Sam, did you find out about the Texas turnaround? I have a graphic. I don't know if this is going to help you or if it's just going to confuse you even more. If it's going to confuse me even more, this this is problematic. Okay, so let let me see it. Okay, Texas turnaround. Huh. Frontage road. This, all right. So this looks like a fancy Yui. I would ride with him, <laughs> but I would not drive it. You wouldn't try this? No, well, no. Okay, so what about, so when you've got on your freeway lanes, Sam, Uh huh. those are, oh, th- that goes under. Oh, Correct. I see. This okay. is an overpass. All right, gotcha, gotcha. It's an overpass. Hmm. I guess it makes it makes sense. Does it? I mean, instead of having to turn left and then turn left again, you're pretty much taking one left. Yeah, it's a fancy Yui. 
That's I guess, what it is. Yeah, but instead of a UE getting into the a lane right next to you, you go across the freeway. Yes. Again, I would ride with him. Probably not you. It uh, doesn't. <laughs> I mean, and it that's doesn't. no knock on you. She no. just, no, just, she's just, just picky about yeah. it. She's just recently stopped holding on when she rides with me, and we're <laughs> we're twelve years in. So, uh, Ed Sheeran is uh, involved in a plagiarism trial in. I guess it's going on in London, or at least in Great Britain somewhere. And he is being challenged. He's denied lifting the OI, 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 from his 2017 single uh, for uh, Shape of You, which I think is a chart topper today, so we may hear it in a little while. The claim is that there's an artist named Sammy Switch, who on in 2015 had a track called OY. And so they're trying, and as a matter of fact, royalties on his song, Shape of You, have been frozen while they sort this out. It's but, one of his bigger songs, too. Yes, it is. While he was testifying in this trial, though, he sang Nina Simone's Feeling Good and some of Blackstreet's No Diggity to draw a comparison about how similar construct melodies can be and not be the same so most people don't know but sam has been on jury duty in the last couple of months and while you haven't had to do anything you've had to be at the ready yes so what if you were involved in jury duty and you got selected for a case and it turned into an ed sheeran concert would that be worth the hassle? Probably. It'd probably be better than <laughs> right? probably be better than some of the other ones. Yeah. But uh, or then your regular day like can day we not job. Get yeah, vanilla right? ice in there too with <laughs> David Bowie and Queen. Sure. I mean, but who would have thought? I went to serve on jury duty and I got serenaded by Ed Sheeran from the from the witness box. That would be that would be pretty neat. Uh, I hope we don't have witnesses that serenade here at the the Grayson County. <laughs> oh. Just wait till you see. You, they, they probably, need, you, probably get, to, you probably get serenaded and you'll want to... Do we need to get Judge Grabesso on the line and see if this happens? Bury them under the jail. Jack Wagon sings the blues. <laughs> That's what you can look forward to. Uh, winning time. Magic <laughs> Johnson reveals that me. he won't watch, saying the Lakers' Showtime era was hard to duplicate. So I saw the first episode of this show. I was a Lakers fan in the 80s because I was all about Showtime, right? And then this was when it, when it was Magic or Bird, that's when my disdain for the Boston Celtics came about. It was all I was all Magic and Showtime. But I didn't realize as a as a kid how bad the Lakers had been before Dr. Jerry Buss bought the team, drafted Magic and how all that came about. So I'm kind of marveled at the way that it that it went and how leveraged he was to buy the team. But Magic says he's not watching. But the kid playing Magic has done a really does a really good job. That smile that Magic Johnson has is, um, I mean, that's kind of his kind of his signature. It's hard to emulate. If you're so interested, Bridgerton, the season two trailer is out. I haven't seen season one. Not likely to see season two. Was it Misty that loved it. I believe so. Yes. Yeah, uh, apparently, probably. there's some towards some sort of love triangle in season two. I mean. I knew somebody, I think it was Misty. Can't have a good show without one. Yeah, she was a fan of Bridgerton. The new trailer is out for the first trailer for the new Obi-Wan Kenobi show, part of the Star Wars universe. So be more likely to watch Bridgerton. (laughs) Surely not. You and me both. And then uh, (laughs) yesterday, 
Yesterday, we talked about a potential collaboration between Dolly P and Cardi B, which still is fascinating me because maybe Dolly P can put Cardi B on the straight and narrow and, you know, get her to get her to be a little better about some things. But today, Kesha says that she never wants to release any music that Dolly Parton wouldn't be proud of or enjoy. And it makes you wonder, well, why does she care that much other than everybody loves Dolly? Come to find out, Kesha's mom is the co-author of Jolene. Oh, really? So they've had a close relationship over the years. And so just like Dolly is important to Miley, mm-hmm. Dolly has always been important to Kesha. And she doesn't want to do anything to disappoint Dolly. Like huh. all roads lead through Dolly Parton in some way, in some way. So it's like, I don't want to create, I don't want to create any uh, music that Dolly doesn't like either. So there you go. All Good right. For we her. we got to get to a break. We'll come back and, um, some of you are off to the Sweet 16, by the way, if you're with us on the moose. So we'll do that split here in just a moment. More on the way here on In the Know. MB's point to ponder for today. When someone finds out where you're from, what's the first question they always ask? Oh, that's easy. Well, depends upon... Where you are and <laughs> where am I? Yeah, yeah. If you're in, if you're if asking I'm, a fellow Kentuckian, where'd you go to high school? Yeah, it's that type of thing. But um, if you're traveling abroad, so if I'm in, just say Nevada, and I say Kentucky, the first thing we all think there, they won't ask about the shoes. But that's something they uh-huh. m- many KFC. people. That's a stereotype. KFC is usually one. Bourbon. Uh, Kentucky Derby is most often two. And then Flash you get, then you in get into basketball and or bourbon or, and then sometimes in the top ten might be Corvette, uh, depending upon because that's something known around the world. But specifically though, to so if I say, if you say you're from, what do you say if someone asks you that question? You Northern you start Kentucky. with Northern Kentucky, but then uh-huh. you zero in on Union, is on where Union. I'm from. Boone County. Okay. Because Northern Kentucky is the top three counties in the in the state. All right, so, County. so what would someone ask you as a result of that? Uh, where'd you go to high school? Okay, and then you'd say Cooper. Cooper. And then would they say? Would they have a follow up question, or would they say okay? And and then usually it'd be like, oh, okay, that tells me everything I need to know about you. <laughs> okay. So is because right, right. I really classify the Boone County schools very similar to the Warren <laughs> County schools in the Bowling Green area. Is right. it's like each school is very similar to each one. Connors like Warren East. Warren Central is like Boone County. Greenwood is Cooper, and Ryle is Southbourne. Okay. They're very, very similar. Gotcha. If so that you, tells you everything you need to know about about those because you know those Warren County schools a little bit better. Okay, Miss Buckles. Now, do you when someone asks you where you're from, do you say do you now say Litchfield or do you say Brownsville? Um, I don't say either. What do you say? Well, I say um, an hour north. Uh, Bowling Green, okay, an hour south. That's if you're of outside the state. If you're inside the state, though, and somebody asks about your hometown, I'll say Grayson County. See you, Grayson County. Okay, yeah. so um, two weeks ago we were in Nashville. We were at dinner, and someone asked where we're from, and I said from Grayson County. And someone, not someone who didn't ask me the question, heard my answer and said, 
do you know Warren Beeler? <laughs> I said, I absolutely do know Warren Beeler. So more specifically, I'm from Caneyville, and so is so is Warren. Well, so. I was at a Reds game in Atlanta a few years ago, and the people in front of me were from E-Town. And they're like, oh, you're from Kentucky. Where are you from? I'm like, well, you know, about, and I went to the whole an hour north of Bowling Green, right? an hour south of Louisville. And they're like, really, where? That's I'm from E-Town. usually my answer. Was it's... I the one responsible for sitting you next to the E-Town people? No, they were this, in front this, of me. This no, was no. independent of me? Oh, no, this was in Atlanta. Oh, in Atlanta. Oh, yes, okay, which made good. it even more. All right, cool. On TV tonight, Be Positive, the season finale. Joe Millionaire, the season one finale on Fox. And the season six premiere on A&E of something called Night Watch. Which it, don't you watch Be Positive? Never, no. no, we gave no. up. On okay. it. it's, we I, tried, what, two episodes? Yeah, maybe? I think maybe we even got maybe to four or five. Because usually after two, I don't feel like I'm giving it a fair shot. Yeah, but her I voice. I just couldn't do it. She's mm-hmm. annoying. She's, she's, she's just, I couldn't, I couldn't do it. Not and it's good. very often that I just go, but no. Today's highlight in history, this date in 1969, James Earl Ray. By the way, you can watch the SEC tournament all day today if you want to. All right, let there be light. <laughs> I must have just had an idea because that light changed <laughs> brightness levels. Was it something about the SEC tournament? Yeah, I think so. Like, let's go to Tampa. James Earl Ray pled guilty in Memphis to assassinating Martin Luther King this day in 1969. Christopher Columbus concluded his second visit to the Western Hemisphere as he left Hispaniola for Spain this date in 1496. Thomas Jefferson was appointed America's minister to France, succeeding Benjamin Franklin, this date in 1785. And when he got back, he said, what did I miss? If you've seen Hamilton, you get it. If you've not, went you Right went, over my head. You went, huh? Right over it. Yeah. She's going to see Hamilton in a couple of months. Did you get tickets? Yep. That's what I've heard. <laughs> I, I know because I think I was the one well, that sent you when they were going yes, on a sale. Yes, you did. And yeah. then I got, and then I got a special. I got a fourteen special, other emails. I got a, no, I got a special pass. Like, oh, like, oh, I got in earlier than even what you told me I could get in. Oh. So it was nice. Birthdays today: Norman Blake is eighty-four. Chuck Norris is eighty-two. Wow! Everybody, everybody owes Chuck Norris a birthday present. Shannon Tweed is 65, Sharon Stone is 64, Jasmine Guy is 60, Prince Edward is 58, Paget Brewster is 53. Is that the same person as Punky? Did we just call Paget Punky or are they siblings? Because Punky Brewster would be of a similar age to 53. I'm not sure. John Hamm is 51, Timbaland is 50, Robin Thicke is 45, Carrie Underwood is 39. Paget Brewster is Kathy and Friends. In season four of Friends. Kathy in Friends. Okay, I'm going to need more. I mean, I'll know her when I see oh, her. Oh, oh. I was going to say, if anybody in this room would know who that is. I know. Yeah. I know who it is. But it. can I see a photo, Sam? I'll tell you if that's punky so, or not. Oh, it's not punky. Just Google our Paget and punky siblings. Well, no, is that's that not punky? Her. No, that's you, not punky. So mm-hmm. that's. Oh, Punky so, Brewster was Salil Moon Fry. So that's why I'm mixing up a real name and a uh-huh. fictional name. Yeah. Salil Moon Fry played Punky Brewster, so she's she's a real oh, actress. There you go. All right. 1954. Nat King Cole number one. Answer me, my love. Tell me how I came to lose your love. Okay. She well, was also Special Agent Emily Prentice on Criminal Minds. Yes. Uh, and very that's, good. that's how you know her. Yeah. Well, if that helps. No, I, I knew her before. No, I'm saying you've watched Criminal Minds. I haven't. 
So that's why. Well, Chandler got put in the box because of this girl. <laughs> All right. 1963, the four seasons, oh, Walk Like a Man, number Maybe one. That helps you. Uh, oh, I guess I was dying. She has shorter oh. hair in this picture. Maybe that helps. Down by the Lazy River by the Osmonds is date 1972. Never heard that song before. Nor have I. Let's go to 1981. Listen, this was a great day in music in 1981 because Keep On Loving You by Ario Speedwagon was number one. On another chart, 9 to 5 by Dolly was number one. And I Love a Rainy Night by Eddie Rabbit was also number one. We got to play that one last week. Wow. Yep. So that was a good day of music. It was great to be 10. <laughs> I wasn't even 10 yet. I was still nine. This time in, uh, set in 81. Let's go to 1990. Janet Jackson and Escapade. Okay, I need to save room for this one because uh, I'm I'm trying to say good morning and hello to my father-in-law because he loves Sarah Evans. So number one in 1999, there's no place that far. By the way, I like Sarah Evans, I think, more than I realized I did. So don't smirk, Sam. Sam's smirking. Just, just, you know, everybody has their (laughs) cup of tea. Don't insult, don't insult my not, father-in-law. I'm not. I, everybody has their cup of tea. Don't, don't do it. And uh, Ed Sheeran, oh. Radio, The Shape of You. Are you allowed to play this? Plagiarism song. Who do we owe the money to? Whoever. What's the guy's name? <laughs> uh, Sammy Sammy Switch or something. I don't know. MB's Broloism for today. I don't really get this, but maybe you're much smarter than me and you will. So this, for those of you that, that can latch on to this, good for you. Congratulations. This one's for you. MB's Pearl of Wisdom, to succeed, work hard, never give up, never give up, and above all, cherish a magnificent obsession. What's that mean? Well, I think to succeed, you have to be obsessed with what you like to do. Okay. To succeed, work hard, never give up, and above all, cherish a magnificent obsession. MB's Pearl of Wisdom for today. Remember, God loves you, and I do too. If you don't know Jesus, let me know, and I'll introduce you. Look forward to seeing you back here tomorrow for another edition of our show. For Sam Gormley, for B, I'm MB, and now you're in the know.